0: Hey guys, Eric from Working Dog Radio. I want to talk to you about one of my favorites, and that is Dogtra. I've been using Dogtra collars for a long time, way before they became a sponsor of the podcast. It's the Police Canine Association. We've been using them, and that's all we use. Uh, We've been vendors for a while now, but we've been users of Dogtra collars way before we became vendors. In my kennel, I have a drawer full of them. I have the 1900S e-collars, and i got a bunch of 600 bark collars. I like it nice and quiet. My kennel and those bar collars work perfectly. But Dogtra is not just sitting back doing nothing. They're out there, uh, innovative designs, coming up with new stuff. And in May, they launched three new products. All right, They uh, sent them to Ted and I, and we get to test them. I cannot wait. This is the coolest part of my job here. Now, I want to talk to you about the one that I'm going to try, and that's the Pathfinder. It's a GPS tracking and training collar where no cellular is required. There's free detailed satellite and terrain views from Google Maps, along with an offline maps mode. Easy location sharing for dogs and dog owners. History playback on your smartphone and computer, and custom alerts for dog actions using pop ups, sound, and vibration. I have two brand new dogs in my kennel, and I just Started introducing them, tracking a couple days ago, and I can't wait to get them out and get longer and try these things out. Bird dog guys, trial dog guys, these things are perfect for you guys. Um, Check them out, man. They're not waiting on us. They got them out there because they are proven with their stuff. Give them a call, 888-811-9111. Dog truck. Let me hop
1: in here and talk about our one of our sponsors for the podcast, Southern Coast Canine, based out in New Smyrna, Florida. Southern Coast Canine has been providing better training, better results, and better dogs for over 25 years led by Bill Heiser and known for their excellent high drive dual purpose and detection dogs and outstanding customer service. They have what you want and what you're looking for. Call 1877903dogs. That's 8779033647 and speak with Bill. And to, to discuss your canine needs today, or visit southerncoastcanine.com. That's the letter K, the number nine. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Southern Coast K-9, the letter K, the number nine.
2: Yeah, I'm a crazy motherfucker walking up your street.
3: Craziest fucker. Day.
4: Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite.
1: We will be live on video, and I'll wait till it goes red. You want to do it, or you want me to go? All right. All right, we are back again at HITS here in Washington, D.C., at the Gaylord Center uh, right near the National Harbor. Uh, we're doing another live interview today here with uh, Ted Dawes, one of the organizers of HITS. But, Eric, what else have we got going on besides getting ready to start drinking beer? Yeah,
0: yeah getting ready to start. I already started. Well, that's so. yeah, yeah. a pretty pink cup. Yeah, it is. But uh, we've, been, we've done a ton of live interviews, which has been cool. That's been something different doing yeah. live remote, so to speak, here from HITS. Um, the cool thing about that is you have guys that couldn't make it for whatever reason, handlers, and there, a lot of them are messaging me and going, man, thanks, that's cool. I didn't know that so-and-so was going to be there. I didn't right. know that, that they were offering that, you know, that collar, or like, say, dog tray. They didn't know that they had the hands-free for the 1900SN for uh, for the ARC and things like that. So that's been really cool, uh, getting some people around. I met a lot of nice people, uh, had a lot of people stop by and Tell us they love our what we're doing, they love the podcast. That's been that's neat, man. I like Yeah, that. I
1: had several people come up and they're like, Oh god, we listen to every episode. I'm like, seriously? You know, and I know how many we have download I mean we have quite a few like unique downloads and I was like, damn and we had several people come up and say, Hey, you know, um what you guys have done has actually helped us because I, you know, I've only been handling for X amount of time or, you know, the admin thing helped a lot because I was able to go to some of my bosses and be like, you know, X, Y, and Z, which is part of the, part of the reason we did that. And in that same kind of vein, which is why we're even at hits, and which is another reason why we're getting ready to interview this guest again—that uh, we're getting ready to interview because his episode was one of the most downloaded ones we had. So with that, we've got Ted Dawes. Ted, what's going on?
4: Uh, how you doing? Thanks for coming.
1: Oh yeah, no, this was this has been awesome. We we love being here, and it has been a fantastic event. And one of the things that um, I've been saying a lot, and Eric and I both have, is that. You know, you, we move throughout the country, so we're in D.C., we're going to be in Chicago next year. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you were in San Francisco last year, and you were in Dallas the year before that. Right. So you move kind of consistent, concentrically around, and then you rotate instructors, and within the instructors that are repeat guys, you rotate curriculum.
4: Correct. That's so, exactly correct. Our, our basic goal there is because, you, obviously, you don't want to repeat uh, right. last year, and, you know, you got to give your consumer a, bit, a good bang for their buck. So we try to rotate somewhere between 65 and 70% of our topics, or instructors, or like you said, even if the instructor comes back, maybe a new topic. Now, again, there's a few repeats. You, you can't beat a Kenny Licklider, burping and oh, farting oh, and screaming oh, and drawing, because yeah, uh, he's okay. going to put 300 <laughs> bucks in the room no matter what yeah. he does. No, so yeah. uh, he's a steady uh, turnover. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, you know, in legal updates that I do, is legal right. updates is going to be. But yeah, we focus on giving all our handlers uh, new topics, new instructors, new classes, because it's a goal of ours to be diverse and not just repeat ourselves year after year.
1: Yeah, excellent. And, you know, like, for instance, I saw Brad Smith is teaching a – uh, a new-ish class that I hadn't seen from him, the How to Sit Bomb Proof Your Unit from Civil Liability, which I want to get him on here so we can talk about that. And then also, you have a new guy here, Bob Day, who was doing, um, the, is doing the high-risk deployment thing, which is a new new one for hits, and it's one that I would like to talk to him, too, because I we do a lot of that in just our normal... Both Eric and I do in our normal training stuff. So, But yeah, there's a lot of good instructors here and fantastic topics running everything from vet care to admin stuff to... High-risk deployments to odor imprinting to, I mean, like everything you can freaking think of. Correction and
4: jail dogs. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's a unique (laughs) topic. So, you know, all you correction and jail dog guys, come on out.
1: So when we had you on last time, we spent a lot of time on Florida versus Harris and the Jardines case. Um, You know, you're doing a class here and it's the one that you always do is a legal update thing. But by the nature of that means
4: that it's continually evolving. So what are you talking about here? Uh, You know, I guess the primary topic would be the the new trendy thing. It's kind of slowly but surely creeping around the country is uh, Rodriguez, where it's, if I boil it down to its simplest form, um, Rodriguez was a case where the handler handler was the uh, uh, stopping officer, but somewhere around the 12 or 14-minute mark he had decided hey this is a scenario presented with two occupants of a vehicle and something's going on and I'd like to run my canine, but makes a safety decision that with two occupants of the vehicle and no other officer present I want to call for backup. Um, you know, doing that decision roughly 12 or 14 minutes is kind of putting you a little bit behind the time eight ball there, but that no less that's how it happened. He was continually writing the ticket waiting for the backup officer to arrive and roughly at the 20 minute mark he had actually finished writing the ticket. And in traditional law, before Rodriguez, as we all would say, you should probably let that driver go um, because your dog has to be utilized during the reasonable time frame that it does to finish the ticket. He held on to the driver, Mr. Rodriguez, for an extra seven to eight minutes. And make a long story short, it ends up going to the uh, United States Supreme Court, and they said, look, holding on to a guy to allow the dog to come for an extra seven or eight minutes was a no-no. There's no extension of that traffic stop. And what the defense bar has been able to do is abort that particular opinion because in nowhere than terms I'm going to give you just now, which means interrupt, pause, uh, time out, uh, abandon, those words are not utilized in the opinion itself. It says you cannot extend or add time to the stop. So what the defense bar has done is say, well, when a canine handler. Uh, stops to utilize his dog and there's a theory in the law and it does exist is that the traffic stop is initially always traffic until something else happens. Right. So you when you stop the car, you have to be achieving your primary purpose, which is riding that speeding ticket. And if you stop riding the speeding ticket and you shift over into gears, let's just say it's to a partial criminal investigation, and nobody's achieving the primary purpose. Nobody's now currently riding the ticket. Nobody's currently on the radio finding out D M V or N C I C information or trying to somehow pro- Prog- make progress on the issuance and finish of the purpose and stop, which is traffic, if you stop any of those components, and the t- attorneys are now calling it, abandoning the primary purpose, diverting from the primary purpose, interrupting the primary purpose, and then you stop, nobody's writing the ticket, and you start running the dog, they've turned and that's a, what they've now called, in my air quotes, a Rodriguez violation. Um, because you've abandoned, interrupted, or diverted from your primary purpose traffic and you've gone into something else. And since the law says you can stop that purpose, for, excuse me, that car for that purpose and achieve that purpose, if you're not attempting the ticket to finish the ticket or doing, then you're delaying the traffic stop. Now, there's a, in my world, adding time to or prolonging means past the normal termination point, not an interruption of it. So there's where the dichotomy comes. So bottom line, cut to the chase, make sure that somebody on scene is always processing the ticket, whether it's the handler himself or herself, the backup officer takes over for you and is processing the ticket, or you also, if you're fortunate enough to be in a jurisdiction where you may have multiple dogs. If the first dog handler is the stopping officer, let that stopping officer always be the ticket person. And maybe his partner who's just five minutes away can come over with his or her dog and then run their dog. That way, the ticket's always being processed. The dog can still work during the process of a ticket, right. but nobody's called a timeout or a hold it or an interruption or anything like that. And you, you avoid a Rodriguez potential issue that way.
0: Interesting,
1: interesting. Is,
4: now, is there anything coming up the
0: pipeline you see that's going to challenge that defense?
4: Yeah, because I would say uh, maybe, I don't know, 30 of the states are silent on that so far. Mm -hmm. And there's about 20 states that maybe have tackled the issue. And I don't know the exact numbers, but if I were a betting man, I'd say we've lost in five or six states, and we've won in maybe 15 states or so. But there's that 25% of you guys say of America so far that have handled the issue. And you know, we've got to remember, you know, maybe half the states are silent because it just hasn't arisen yeah, right. in your jurisdiction. But you know. Going uh, three out of four still means that there's a fair percentage of states that are saying that interruption thing is a violation. Now, don't the tree's not falling. Uh, Ohio, Indiana, Maryland, they're all calling the interruption thing BS and that Rodriguez doesn't stand for that. But there's a couple knuckle-headed states out there. and Unfortunately for me, the state of Florida is one of them, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say, uh, where they bought into this interruption BS, and they've held that that is a violation. So there's going to be some point in time, who knows, we're looking at my crystal ball, read the tea leaves, get the tarot cards out. There's going to be three or four years from now the Supreme Court's going to have to say, whether Rodriguez was meant to be read that way and it's being applied appropriately one way or the other. And they'll fix it somewhere down the road because they're not going to have one-third of the country doing X and two-thirds of the country doing Y. Especially
0: on something that they ruled on. Correct, They're going to to say, look,
4: you knucklehead, you misread our case, or no, you cops and prosecutors you've misread our case and they'll they'll straighten it out because somebody somewhere is misreading something somehow and they're going to be big brothers going to fix it at some point in time
1: yeah so uh one other big thing that's happened a lot since um we talked to you last a lot of states have passed medical marijuana and like it, it and i get asked this a lot both from the podcast side and from like a handler side i mean i have prosecutors and I have district attorneys asking me, or not prosecutors, but district attorneys asking me as you know a trainer. Um, and you know I've got admins at departments that are like, "Well, what do we do?" Because Oklahoma, which is where I'm at, just passed medical. Um, I have a good friend who listens to this that is uh, on our state certifying board. Um, he's on. He's in an advisory position on that board, and you know we're talking about the certification standards for Oklahoma and making marijuana optional or not or anything else. Um, as it stands right now. Um, it's still part of the Controlled Substances
4: Act. Correct.
1: Um, that is not probably going to change in the... in the, uh, Our in
4: current <laughs> flavor of the next, let's uh, say, two and a half years under <laughs> the current federal administration with no particular names being mentioned and ends with T and ends or begins with a T and ends with ump is uh, <laughs> probably not going to change this philosophy anytime soon that marijuana should be illegal.
1: Yeah. And so... Um, you know, I Eric and I both get asked a lot and you know where do because canine guys I mean you know primarily aside from finding people and biting them we're used to find narcotics or explosives so dealing obviously we're doing it strictly narcotics at this point what is going to be the best course of action is like a general overall policy if your state has approved medical marijuana
4: well that's a Tough question because it's probably going to be handled more on a state by state basis. Right, but I would say right now, stay status quo. The sky is not falling. Most of the states are enacting administrative rules. Yeah, and if you're not following the administrative rules, I can give you a few examples. Uh, there are states that are saying, first of all, you have to have a medical marijuana card. Right. So if I've got, I have got, claim my joints in my ashtray are medical marijuana, the first thing the officer should say, well, show me your medical marijuana card. If you don't produce one in most states, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. Um, second, uh, so a lot of states are saying that it has to be from a medically licensed dispensary. It's not that you can grow it in your backyard, bum mm-hmm. it from right. your neighbor. You're going to have to go to your uh, local pot or us licensed pharmacy. And it has to be in your licensed pharmacy label like a prescription style bottle. Exactly. And if you're you also have to be in that database as a patient. If they crank out that database and you're not in there as a patient, and your do- or the doctor that's given it to you is not a licensed medical marijuana dispensary physician, then you're arrestable. So what I'm trying to get at is my analogy is to this. So everybody's listening, and hopefully this will sink in for Joe Average police officer through canine officers, through the chiefs and sheriffs. If I pull somebody over for a a possible suspicion of DUI I investigate that DUI and you do roadside sobriety tests if you don't pass the standards of the roadside sobriety test I arrest you for driving under the influence if you do touch your nose walk a straight line and say your ABC's and I determined that you're not impaired by alcohol, but I got a chance to investigate whether you were impaired by alcohol, and if you meet the standards of non-impairment, like let's say you're sober or in control of your faculties and you can drive, I give you the running the stop sign ticket and away you drive away, I don't arrest you. So the dog would allow you to investigate the marijuana issue you see if you're in the parameters of whatever your law allows you to have. If the person has three joints and their doctor's license and it's in the pharmacy bottle and you have your medical marijuana license, the officer's going to let you go. You're in yeah. compliance. If you aren't in compliance, you're going to get arrested or you're going to get a, a ticket summons or whatever the scenario is. But the officer should have a right to investigate whether your, your marijuana that you have is in compliance with the law or not.
1: And you know, one of the one of our one of the um, guys in our state, is like, you know, it's no different now than it is with Xanax or with any of the other prescription drugs that we're having a problem with. You know, those aren't legal, or are not illegal per se to possess, but you can't have them in plastic bags. You can't have them in your pocket. They've got to be in a labeled bottle with your name on it. When you've got to be in the in the narcotics database as having that prescription written. Yada 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 yada. I mean, it's no different than, and you know, I mean like you said just stay status quo because you know we've done a lot of dogs recently and i started because we saw like i saw the change coming and i saw that it was going to pass you know we saw it when i interviewed you last time i knew that that was going to pass and i have a department saying well what are we going to do i'm like well i don't know i mean what do you want to do i mean go ahead and i guess i mean we can imprint them on bot if you want and teach the dog to find it if not but there's a trend in fact there was a guy in illinois recently that they said, you know, uh, if this if it passes in Illinois, we're going to have to put all the police dogs down.
4: Well, oh, that's nuts. I, it's, I it, mean, <laughs> that's, in my world, that's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. A lot of yeah. people believe that. Well, I know he he you well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so mainly what I wanted you to address was, like, just to say what you said, which is the sky is not falling, and just keep doing what you're doing until somebody tells you to do something else different.
4: Right. I mean, uh, there's a bottom line. I mean, here we have a court system. Yeah. And you, you fight the good fight. Somebody wins, somebody loses. And when the court makes a final decision in your jurisdiction, you abide by that final decision. If somewhere along the lines a court in your state says, um, we have legal marijuana or we have medical marijuana and if a dog is imprinted on it, um, you know, it's no longer a probable cause, okay, you can sell that dog to the handler for a dollar uh, you know, um, you could sell it to, or trade it off to a state that doesn't have that medical marijuana prescriptions. There's plenty of states that don't have legalized marijuana and oh, plenty yeah. of states that don't have um, medical marijuana. And, you know, you may not want to get rid of your canine partner you had for three years, but you, there, you could ship it off to, uh, I don't know, the state of Kentucky that doesn't have any problem. Marijuana is illegal and the dog could be utilized there. You could just retire the dog. I mean, your next dog. You don't imprint on marijuana. You stick with cocaine, meth, uh, heroin, uh, whatever else, and you don't put marijuana. And you go back to work. I mean, uh, it's just uh, deleting an odor from a dog. If that's the way the court system says in your jurisdiction, eventually the cookie crumbles, and we'll fight the fight, fighting four odors instead of five.
1: Yeah, I've been telling my guys not to fight. That now it's not their job
4: to fight it, Correct. and to just go <laughs> go do
1: this until somebody else well, tells you, know, you something. Well, else. Let's
4: let's look at it in a cost benefit analysis. Let's say God forbid somebody makes a decision in your department. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to retire all the narcotics dogs in the state of Nevada, and we're going to no longer use marijuana dogs. We're going to retire them all. We're going to buy all new dogs and then we're only gonna imprint them on heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine, that's what we're gonna do. And three years from now, hypothetically, the Nevada Supreme Court says, nope, marijuana is still probable cause if you have a dog because of X, Y, and Z reasons. Well, look at what we just did in the state of, we've gotten rid of all the marijuana dogs for no reason. Yeah, We got all new dogs that aren't trained on marijuana. And now you're going to have to reimprint marijuana back on them, and uh, the cost benefit analysis is goofy because somebody's tr- Apple hit them in the head and they yelled, "The sky is falling." Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. absolutely. So, so in
0: Ohio, we passed medical marijuana. It's been a year and a half. It actually will go. It, it's not in in play yet. Uh, I think they're saying by January first it'll be ready because it's super highly regulated what they're going to do is through the board of pharmacy and there's there's uh, only certain people can be licensed growers, only certain people can be huh? licensed um, you know, dispensaries and yeah. things like that and I think it has to be a doctor's prescription.
4: Right. We have so, the same basic scenario going on in Florida <laughs> except our, our idiot politicians passed medical marijuana but forgot to implement the rules and regulations of how it was going to be grown and regulated so Currently we have legalized marijuana with no way to dispense it So <laughs> we're waiting on the new legislative session to come up and say, thanks for making it legal, but awesome. we have no way to give it or hand it out yet. As soon as they pass That's it, a true political boondoggle. Yeah, of good,
0: good job. As soon as they pass it in Ohio, I called down to the state to the, um, the Ohio Peace Officers Training Academy, you know, that does our dog certifications, and they said in this state, you will do we marijuana or you will not certify your dog. Okay. Those four orders are a must. So we'll see because it's going to be on the – supposedly it might be on the ballot for legalized, legalized marijuana. And then sure. that will be different. But uh,
1: Yeah, and, and Oklahoma is pushing for that, and they're close to getting it. But you know, I Realistically,
4: the vast majority of the, of the country probably – Unfortunately, I'm not in favor of but probably within 10 years, the vast majority of the company will be legal, medical, or both. Yeah. That's and, just the trend of where it's going.
1: And, you know, and that's kind of the... Because, you know, my guy... You know, and that's the thing, like you said from the very beginning, like a current administration is probably not going to change their mind at all. And, you know, I mean, to get rid of the Controlled Substances Act or part of it would be a legislative nightmare right and you know Eric said it I don't think on your podcast but on one of them you said you know the Supreme Court is yeah. going to they're going to decide for us at some point point. and before we started recording you and I were talking about it and you know it, it's when they have a highly controversial issue that they're going to have to decide so
4: that's what yeah. they're there for actually yeah so um, and as, they as, sit well, and wait. as they say that's why they get life appointments and big salaries uh, <laughs> they, you,
0: they sit and wait they sit and you think they sit and talk amongst each other and going, Well, you know, this is going to come here eventually.
4: Yeah, you, you, there's, there's certain issues that they're look, they're very whether they're liberal, conservative, or modest, they're very bright people. And they know when it, what they say in my field is that there's a case in controversy. And be quite honest with you, they get to sit back and cherry pick. Uh, there may be three states that ask them to hear this issue and they go, No, no, and no. And then they read a certain fact pattern and a certain they say, you know, this is the style of case we'd like to hear. And then so maybe the fourth time they're requested to hear it, they say yes. So uh, at some point in time, they'll deem it to be what we say. In my air quotes of the legal, it'll be ripe for litigation. And so and when they sense it is the right time and the right place and the right case and fact pattern, then they'll hear it. And then again, whether that's three, four, five, six years from now, But at some point in time, they'll tackle the issue. So, the
1: point, the takeaway from that is handlers don't have to worry about it right now.
4: (laughs) Yeah. How about (laughs) handlers be handlers, lawyers be lawyers, and judges be judges? And we'll all march in goose step to whatever the rules happen to be. Some people are freaking out. So, I think handlers should not be lawyers. Lawyers should not be handlers. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So, everybody.
0: (laughs) Stop
4: panicking. <laughs> oh, man. Turn <laughs> yeah. the panic meter down a little bit. Awesome. So, uh,
1: we're going to be in Chicago next year, correct? Yes, sir.
4: It's going to be August the 13th through the 16th at the McCormick Place, which is a little different if you've ever been to a HITS before, just in the layout, because the Hyatt uh, McCormick Place is attached to the McCormick Center, so the... Your rooms will be in the Hyatt. You'll walk to the attachment. You don't even leave the building. You walk right to the attached to the McCormick Place, which is more of a convention center-style building. Awesome. So uh, rooms will be in the Hyatt, and their classes and the we're going to have 10 by tens, two twenty by twenties, and four cars. Shit. Uh, so uh, it'll be the this is the largest hits here with eleven hundred over eleven hundred people here in D.C. as we're doing our podcast. And uh, we're going to shoot for a bigger and better HITS uh, in Chicago in in 2019. Damn. So that'll be – so when does registration open up for that? Oh, uh, give me 48 hours to close the box (laughs) on GC. Go to www.hitsk9.net like maybe Wednesday, and uh, you can sign up for uh, Chicago.
1: Excellent. That's awesome. Well, Ted, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully next time we talk to you – you know something cool happened with the legal side and we have something insanely interesting to talk about well we'll do we'll see what happens
4: yeah we need to
0: get a a, a conversation about uh, the uh, bite side of the game
4: oh yeah no well uh jeff barrett is a patrol from my business partners is our patrol slash dual purpose dog so yeah, Civil Liability is a big side of the patrol sites, and we cover that at HITS. So, uh, yeah, Brad. Brad Smith. Brad Smith does that nice job here. So um, you should drag him over here for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's was he's oh. on the
1: list. So, in fact, I'm going to see if I can go find him. So, but yeah, Ted, thank you very much. No,
4: thank you guys for coming and uh, being a part of HITS, and yep. hopefully you guys will come out and everybody's listening to see us in Chicago. Yes.
0: yes. Yep. We'll definitely be there.
4: Let's take a second and talk about dog
1: Dogtrip. As true trainers with proper training tools are the key to unleashing any dog's potential. For over 30 years, Dogdra has collaborated with industry professionals to create class-leading tools in e-collar training, GPS tracking, and BALS training to support dog owners in developing top-notch dogs. One of the ways they do that is superior technology, ergonomics, design, and durability. They have gradual and precise stimulation control via their patented 127-level rheostat dial, so you have a minimal jump in stimulations they have trusted durability and reliability. I use them every day at the kennel and have for years. Works all the time, every time. Weatherproof, waterproof, and pretty much idiot-proof. They're speaking of which is intuitive and innovative. There's no fuss, no hassle. When you hear Eric talking about making sure the handlers know exactly where the remote is and it's a no-look use, this is exactly what he's talking about. Hit him up at doctor.com. PK90 mid-roll. Let me hop in here for two seconds and talk about the Police Cannon Association. Uh, The Police Cannon Association was established in 1985. So shortly after they established the unit, they created this association, as well as the bylaws created by handlers for handlers. The association was created to help get equipment and training needed to keep the teams successful and current. There is a cost to starting and maintaining a program, which I think you've probably heard Eric and I talk about a lot. However, financial expenses are often cut out for equipment and training in order to maintain policing in other areas. This is where these guys come in, which is super important. This is how they assist these other agencies. They help offset the cost and training, equipment, and medical needs for both active and retired canines. The Police Canine Association assists canine handlers from about 20 police and sheriff's departments. They continue to grow, and as they continue to grow, so does the need for support. So check them out, pk9a.com. Police K-9 Association. If you head over there, they've got sweet hoodies, hats, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. Head over there, check them out. PK9A. When it turns red, we're in. All right all right we are back again at hits live uh here in dc at the gaylord convention center national harbor uh eric and i have been running around doing live interviews if you haven't seen them they are still going to be up on the facebook page so go check them out uh with some of the vendors and some of the other guys that we've had on the podcast in the past we did bill heiser again i'm going to go hunt down ryan morris you can usually hear him before you see him uh but um so eric who else uh
0: what else have we who else we got coming up here in a little bit well, we just did uh, Kenny Licklider. We interviewed him. By the yeah, time yeah. this comes out, Kenny's episode will be out. Uh, that was really cool. Um, I, you know, everybody in the industry knows who Kenny is. I never got to meet him, so we got to talk. And um, who else we got? Oh, we got uh, David. Uh, you're gonna have to pronounce.
1: Mad Mad Sidis out of Inve. Yeah, right. No, he's From uh, San. No, it's Lodges. gonna be. It's yeah. gonna be like herding cats. I love that guy to death. But that's going to be an interesting interview. But right now, we've got Ken Pavlikan, and he is talking about... Uh, imprinting odor, uh, which is something that all police dog trainers have to be able to do, and all detection trainers. I mean, because that's basically at the core of our, of all of our skill sets. If you can't tell, teach a dog to find drugs or bombs or whatever it is, you might as well even fucking be here. So, uh, with that, Ken, how are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me. On appreciate Excellent. it. Excellent.
1: No, this is uh, you know, and you and I have talked on Facebook a little bit, and this is one interview that I've actually wanted to do, and you were one that we had wanted to do like do the normal like skype thing but i saw you're gonna be here i'm like oh shit let's just do this instead here live because these are tend to be so much better anyway so give us a little bit of background on uh how you started where you came from where you, and lead us up to how we ended up here in beautiful dc
2: <laughs> okay well um, <clears throat> i've been playing with dogs for going on 38 years now i started uh in college, didn't know what I wanted to be to grow up, and I saw a picture of his Air Force handler with a dog, and I thought, that's really cool. I want to be a fucking dog handler. Yeah. So I went in the Air Force. Uh, I was a patrol dog handler. Then I went to bomb dog school. Then I went to dope dog school while I was stationed at Dover Air Force Base. And then I got reassigned over to La- uh, Clark Air Force Base in the Philippines, which was the largest working dog kennel in the world at the time in oh, wow. 1982, 1983. We had uh, 90-some patrol dogs, and so I humped the jungle with a patrol dog for about three and a half months. Then I got on a bomb dog slot for a year, then I became the trainer and the supervisor of 22 detector dogs and seven bomb dogs.
3: Wow!
2: And I did that for uh, did my four years with Uncle Sam. Had enough of that, living in shitty places. So I got mm. out of, got out of the military. <laughs> was kind of kicking around. Didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and and I working in a warehouse for seven bucks an hour and I see a sheriff's department in California is hiring and they're paying $14 an hour and I'm like yep, I was a wow. cop I, I, Double. I, I, I can do this yeah. so I got hired on by Riverside County Sheriff's Department there in Southern California I told them I wanted to be a dog hound and they said yeah you got to learn to be a cop first so I did two and a half years on patrol and then I got on a dog dual purpose Malinois went through Adlerhorst for patrol dog school dope dog school and then just started branching out with other different people staying in the dog world. Um, some people you may know, know. My, uh, Danny Lamaster was out in California; mm-hmm. he was a big name. Danny's now deceased. Um, I used to train dogs for him on the side. Oh, cool. uh, still working full time. Pat Belts is a big was a got old school guy kicking around the industry. I used to train with Pat a lot. Um, then in 94, I got tired of working 80 hours a week on a SWAT team with a dual-purpose dog, doing a call-outs, finding dope all the time, and I just wanted to go be back a cop. So I went back to Idaho to be a cop with the sheriff's department outside of Boise, and they said, hey, you want to start us a dog program? I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Uh, yeah. and it started with a <laughs> dog for me, and it spiraled into, I had 15 dogs and handlers working for me, um, five dual-purpose, ten single-purpose um, and I also trained dogs for every all the neighboring agencies. My sheriff went to a state sheriff's associated meeting and said, "Anybody that wants a dope dog, my guy, will find the dog, train the dog, train the handler. All you got to do is send them to us."
1: Man, that was pretty nice of him.
2: Yeah, and I'm like great. <laughs> so basically, my basically my full time job was training dope dogs and bomb dogs. Um, you know, I do a bite dog night, and then once a week I'd have a dope dog training night where I'd have anywhere from twenty five to forty dope dogs. Yeah. And I'd train dope dogs all the time. Um, this then we take forward to two thousand and three. And I met a gal who's now my, presently my wife that's in the business with me and she was a dope dog handler for Canada Customs. So I'm living in Boise, she's living in Vancouver. We're doing this long distance commitment stuff. Right. and stuff. Um, and I said, well, we either gotta shoot or get off the pot, this shit's getting old. And I said, <laughs> okay, I can go to California, I'll come to Washington and be a copper. Cause she's up on the border by Vancouver. And I get there, and I'm trying to get hired on of a cop job, and it's not really working. And my father-in-law says, why don't you start your own fucking business? And I said, okay, so I'll start a business. So I started out with, bought a property with some kennels, put, started boarding dogs, doing private obedience, doing group obedience lessons, picking up a lab here and there, training it. Um, after, also, in between, sorry, before that, I also went to Utah Post. So under, I was a PSP judge, PSP, uh-huh. PSP WOPO and DPO judge and a trainer there. And I did a wow. bunch of classes there. Um, taught with Brad Smith in his skids classes for mm. a number of years. Um, anyway, sorry, that's a little out of sequence. No, that's, that's right. fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I just started to start a business. So I being in the industry as a cop and dog handler for all those years on the West Coast, I knew a lot of people. I knew Kenny from the military. So I was like, hey, Kenny, you want to buy dogs? Yeah, okay. So Kenny started buying dogs. And I wanted to stay in the business. I was like, I want patrol dogs. I want dual privilege. I'm going to do it all. But yeah. I kind of got funneled into this, and nobody else was doing what I was doing. And I'm like the anti-dog vendor. Everybody else says, we got shepherds. We got mouths. We'll find you sporting grades, And I'm the opposite. Right. I got any given time 25 to 30 labs and springers and goldens mm-hmm. in the kennel.
1: Man, those uh, things, everybody wants those fuckers right now. Everybody wants a floppy ear, man. It's
2: crazy. If you yeah. had told me 20 years ago that I could make a living doing this, I would have said you're a high. <laughs> <laughs> and and here I am. Then it, it, it's kind of nice being to the point. I know not I mean, to sound like a dick, where I can tell people, you know what, you don't want to pay my price. Fuck off.
1: That <laughs> yeah, that yeah, like I mean, a- yeah. no I, I, that's no that's a fantastic that's a comfortable place to be. So that it's, is it's for a pretty sure. nice
2: place to be, but it's a lot of work and, it, and it, it's a lot of hustle. So anyway, well, that's well, where I come from.
0: Let's go back to Air Force time and right mm-hmm. afterwards when you when you get at Riverside. You said you worked a mile. There's not too many people were doing miles. Yeah, the, no kidding. This is, this is
2: 1988, and I got the first three Malinois, one of the first three Malinois that Adler Horse brought in because Adler Horse is in Riverside County, mm-hmm. and he was our vendor and our trainer. And I was out in Indio, out in the desert by Palm Springs, and Dave sold the department on Malinois because single-coated, less hair. We're oh, mm-hmm. out in the summer in the heat in the desert. We had a dog in I had one in Indio, guy out in Blythe right on I-10 on this on the Colorado River, right. he got one, and one of the guys on Riverside got one, and it was a big monster, 85-pound K&P one with a 420-something. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, One of those. <laughs> one yeah. of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's a story about never getting a Malinois drunk that I could tell, but... Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't... It Luckily for me, it ended well. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, the look on Eric's face for people that can't see I, it is like, yeah, I'm
0: just trying to fathom. <laughs> well, okay,
2: so you gotta figure, I'm living in the desert and it's hot and you got a swimming pool and you get off work at two in the morning. So you're sitting on the back patio having a couple beers with my buddy that's another deputy at my house. And he says, I'll let the fucking dog out. I said, okay. So the dog's running by and we got beer cans on the patio and he knocks a beer over and he starts lapping up the beer and he's sneezing. And I'm like, oh, this is funny shit. So we keep pouring more beer. Oh. We keep pouring more beer, <laughs> And we're laughing and he's sneezing and he's drinking beer. And finally he comes over and he sits between my legs and he's like, fucking pet me. And he's Flipping my hand. I said, fucking knock it off. I said, it!" So I tell him, I say, off. And he looks at me. And I said, motherfucker, off. And I grab the choke chain. And I pull down. And he braces his legs. And he looks me in the eye. And he goes, oh. <laughs> So, okay, we can't let him win. So I snatch him up by the scruff of the neck. I pull him up in front of my face. And I start screaming at him. And my buddy says, dude, go in the garage. There's a fucking wooden baton on the bench. Because if he goes after me, you're going to have to fucking knock him off of me. Right. And we lock eyes. And we're doing the death stare at each other. And finally, he and looks away and I throw him down and I yell off and he downs. Right. and then fall again into the kennel where I am of oh Jesus Christ that was close moral of the story don't get don't get Malinois drunk don't right. <laughs> hand- do obedience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 she had a headache <laughs> true story um,
0: so Air Force yes you're you're handling the bomb dog in the, in the Air Force yes um, tell me what the training was like then for like did you, did, did, was the dog already, or did you have to go through the imprinting phase with them? it? It
2: was a 14 week school, started with a green bomb dog. Okay. Um, and at the time, that just like TSA is now co-laticated at Lackland, mm-hmm. back then it was the FAA and the FAA joint ran the program with DOD with, okay. at Lackland. And I actually had a deputy from San Mateo County in my class and a deputy from San Diego County in my class because the FAA was putting dogs right. in the airport. So you started with a green dog. And I tell people to this day, that was the most stressful class I've ever went through in my life because they mindfucked you relentlessly. Really? So you're you're away from home, you're in San Antonio, Texas, Mm. 14 weeks. Every two weeks, they eval you. And if you fail to eval, they rotate you to the next class two weeks behind. Oh, wow. So you're getting into about week eight, week 10, and their evaluation is maybe a size of this ballroom. There's two dudes with clipboards, and they go, start, call your alerts. And that's all they fucking give you. Fuck, man. And you're like, (laughs) damn. Super. And so you get to about week 10, you're like, I can't, oh, fuck. I I do not want to stay here. I do not. And you're seeing guys coming back to your class, and guys in your class are going back to the class behind you. And they did crazy shit, like in a barracks dorm, 50 sinks they take a block of c4 and they make everything they fill it with dove bars on the sink but they take a bar of c4 and they carve it and you, with a little bird in it, and, and, like you. and you can't tell the difference you're running down a row of sinks and smack <laughs> and, the sitting and you're going oh oh yeah. fuck i mean i went through swat school at laso and then the and been to a lot of classes and it's still the most mentally stressful class i can ever recall damn it was it was it was crazy just crazy That's insane. So,
1: so so, moving forward, so in the imprinting process, you know, what in that, because this, what year was this? 1983. So since late 82,
2: early 83, that was January 83. I graduated from bomb dog school. That's a a while ago. So, (laughs)
1: um, since then, and you know, this is kind of a segue into what we're like, why we're here. So Ken's here teaching a, um, like I said, earlier course or like a seminar on imprinting. Um, Mm -hmm. So what was the imprinting like then? And then let's kind of start talking about yeah, that. Yeah, that's part
2: of the class was I wanted to take some of these younger guys through the evolution of how people imprint and how we got to where we are now. Back then, we just take bags of smokeless powder. Right. You know, you tease them up. You fling it in the grass, downwind. Right. guy who goes to odor hook, you throw the ball and pay him. You throw the ball and pay him. You throw the ball and pay him. And then you sag into Now he goes to it, and you tell him to sit, and you pay him. Right. And then they would take... Um, cans of smokeless powder, punch a hole, hide those, sometimes put the toy right on top of it for a primary reward. Right, um, and that's pretty much how we did it for bomb dog. Then when I came back in early '83 to drug dog school, they had evolved to the four-hole box pro, the four-hole variable protocol that was designed there at Lackland, right. which is that's... the essence of Kenny Licklighter's boxes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, in the class, I talk about the history of how that evolved and why I believe in using that as opposed to Border Patrol four-in-one or the PSP four-in-one, right. or retrieving with towels. Yeah. They're all viable methods, but the point of the class was. The nature of this industry is, is exploding. And right. the law of economics is taking place. Supply is exceeding. demand's exceeding supply. Oh, yeah. And so if you're locked into, well, I train on Randy Hair Dutch boxes. And any dog that don't fucking tug and doesn't do Randy Hair boxes I get rid of. Right. You're losing dogs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're,
2: you're, you're missing out. And you're going to lose the train because it's... Things are only going to get bigger. Yeah, and with, you know. With third party cargo screening coming up, ramping right. up with TSA dogs, mm-hmm. and they're estimating a thousand to fifteen hundred dogs. Yeah. You know, and so to tell these newer guys or younger guys, I hate to sound like an old motherfucker, but I am, <laughs> 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 that they don't necessarily understand what's happening. Right. And, you know, and I love Randy hair to death. Randy's a friend of mine. I use Dutch boxes occasionally, but he's the first one to tell you. If dog don't tug, my system don't work. Right. He does not preach my system works for everything.
1: No, no. And yeah, then, you know, I've talked to him before, and, but, you um, know,
2: that's exactly
1: right. Because, I mean, I'll use Dutch boxes, and I'll use poppers, and Eric uses poppers, and several other systems, and, and variations, too, so...
2: I'll use poppers, I'll use go right to room hides, I'll start hiding it right under furniture and drawers, and don't even use a device right. if I have to. Um, like, I pointed, I did a, a thing on a class today, we bought a little tiny pointing Labrador out of a kennel up in Wyoming from a bird dog guy I know. And this dog does and I normally use the look lighter boxes. I use the protocol boxes. That's my go-to yeah. standby. Right. And I'm working this dog and it doesn't want to worry. It doesn't want to go near a box. It's freaking out it doesn't want to touch a box and I'm getting I'm getting ready to dump it. And Laura says, no no let's try it. let's try going to outdoors and let's go straight to rooms. And this dog takes off, it trains beautifully. The guy gets out of class, he certifies in Oregon. Two days later, he sends me a text, he's got five pounds of meth on a traffic stop. Three weeks later, he's got 35 pounds of meth. Wow. Then he's getting two pounds of meth. Within his first three months, this guy's got 100 pounds of meth off a traffic stop. So this is a dog I was gonna dump because he didn't train the way I wanted to. Right, that's crazy.
0: Let's let's take a quick turn to the left real fast. You're talking about those seizures. You're pretty well known in in this
2: industry for uh, large seizures yourself. You were yeah, I had quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my largest back in 19, January 1994, I had a 744 kilo cocaine seizure out of a semi truck.
1: God damn. What right. does 744 kilos look like?
2: Uh, two <laughs> giant pallets <laughs> full of... It was the whole roof of a 28-foot semi-trailer. <laughs> That's a lot of... That coke. was my Holy biggest. Shit. And back then, there was so much weed coming up from California. Um, 70 pounds, 40 pounds, 80 pounds, 60 pounds. It got so bad, our prosecutors wouldn't charge a felony for more than 100 pounds of weed. Holy because there was so much... Shit. weed. a 94... Yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Holy oh, shit! They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were putting everyone in prison in ninety four for a fucking. Dope. Not, not in
0: Riverside yeah, County,
2: that's... we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So the tractor trailer stop was that a uh, interdiction stop or was that it, at one? It, at it, it wasn't a stop per se. There's the junction of two highways where they come up around the Salton Sea before they jump on I ten. There's a wow. shitty little truck stop there, and this tractor trailer's sitting there, and we're rolling in there, and it's it, every. There's a different placard on every side of the trailer. There's the owner stuff is. Duct taped on cardboard to the door, and it's just sitting okay. there blocking. The Nothing back. sketchy about and that. We're like, uh, okay. So I used to teach a class about novel responses in odors to large odor. So I get this dog out. I start him the down. We start at the back of the trailer. We come around the end of the trailer. He smacks his nose to the side of his trailer like it's Velcro. We go all the way down the front, across the front of the tractor, halfway down, doubles back, and he's an aggressive alert. And he starts like scratching like a motherfucker on the front of the cab. And I'm going, okay, mm-hmm. I don't think it's here. So by then, one of the uh, buddy of mine that had the dog for the chippies for a highway patrol, he rolls out. He says, what do you got? I said, dude, I don't know. He's doing this. He says, well, let's crack the trailer. I was like, fuck, okay. So we open up the trailer. It's empty. We throw his dog in. He's got a single-purpose shepherd. And he runs in the train. He starts running in a circle, barking. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't see him do that. I'm like, right. so like, it's in the ceiling. Like, oh, bullshit, i lot bullshit in the ceiling. These dogs are pieces of mm-hmm. kicking dogs. They're making me look stupid. So we get out the drill and it was on a Pelican camera case and he's drilling in the ceiling and white powder's falling on our heads. And oh, he's. It's not asbestos. And, no. and he, well, that's what I said it was. <laughs> I said, it's fucking insulation. He's like, no, it's Coke. It's Coke. I was like, oh, bullshit, it is not. <laughs> so, so back then you had the Valtox kit. You didn't have Nick, same thing as the Nick kit, but the chemicals were all separate. So you had to pour oh, yeah. know, one drop of B and two drops of C and if it turns, the colors we have to send the drill bit back with the with the sergeant and they come back on the radio oh it's fucking coke and then the world rolls in and all the narcs and DEA and everybody comes in and
1: that's a lot of drugs uh, yeah. at, well
2: my claim to fame is at the time that was the third largest over highway cocaine seizure in the United States so damn uh, I, I once held the bronze <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> look at you <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's it, awesome it, it's since been overseeded about a bazillion times but in 94 that was a big one
0: yeah so, so I have a question for you on the on the um, gun dogs that you're the floppy or like hunting dogs. Mm-hmm. So um, this is really for my own edification. Um, that's a big word, dude. Right, I know. I'm It's that, even after lunch. That's because <laughs> I had iced tea. <laughs> <at lunch. laughs> yeah, yeah, We talked about that. I was like, uh, I'm probably not gonna drink. Uh, so I, um, so I have a guy locally to me that has got uh, world class GSPs mm-hmm. uh, trial dogs, and his hunting lines are crazy. His dogs all hunt. If the dog doesn't is not gonna be a good trial dog he um he will sell them mm-hmm. and, you know they're, they're hunting is crazy and some of them are are young under a year old some of them are right around that time my whole thing is can you get that dog off birds
2: sometimes yeah <laughs> it's, it's when yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the typical dog answer right maybe and sometimes yeah. um i started i had a beautiful little field trial springer and i was doing a class down in Oregon with this guy and you know you teach guys how to hold a leash and I'm an old loop right, right. thumb on the loop here oh, and there yeah, right, yeah. and we're searching a bunch of cars behind a building with this great big field and he's working and I'm watching him and for days I was like dude hold the fucking leash right, okay, if nothing else when you come into my class, because I don't want somebody to say who the fuck taught you and you don't hold the leash right was mm-hmm. that's one of my little
3: Oh, right. Yeah. All the time. Little, little, yeah, yeah,
2: little fucking corks, right? <laughs> so he's walking down this row of cars, and I'm not really paying attention. All of a sudden, a bird kicks up, and this springer he takes off running. And He had the leash all through his fingers, and <laughs> he ended up breaking three fingers on oh, wow. this little 20 pound springer. I was like, dude, I told you how to hold the fucking leash right. And, and he just wouldn't do it but I've had several others like that and then I just turn them and sell them to jails or prisons where who cares they're indoors, they're indoors. They're Yeah, are indoors and it happens a lot you got dogs that don't want not a lot but dogs that don't search well indoors but search outdoors uh, and then you could put them with fish cops and yeah. shit like that but yeah it, it happens like, the problem with buying bird dogs from a guy like that is how much compulsion and how much pressure is he put on on e-collar because then you'd lose the independence Correct. Right? Because because yeah. field trial dogs taught do nothing until you're told. That's your safe spot, right? Yeah. Right. If I fuck something off, I'm getting, I'm getting nuked.
1: Exactly. I so,
2: know oh, his style of dogs so when you are get him, way far away. Yeah. Working, way far away. Well, yeah, you have to do something yeah. in the field trial work. But in the absence and told, unless he's told what to do, he just stands there and okay. does, does fuck all. So you don't have any independence. And I reject a lot of bird dogs for that reason. You kick them loose in a room and say, search. And they stand there and they say, and where? It, right. Show me. What. Well, no, dude, that's not what I'm for. You got the nose. Yeah. So, one doesn't necessarily equate to the other. Right, which... Plus plus with a gun dog like that, how many... A lot of times the field trial guys or that a trial or a raised competition dogs like that. All they know is kennel field, kennel field, kennel field. Yeah. You take yeah. them in front of them, take them into a store and they pancake or yeah. they freak out at a shopping cart. Um, or they
1: walk on asphalt. They're like, what yeah, the, fuck, like, like, well, what the yeah. fuck is
2: this? Um, I go to a lot of bird dog guys, in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Arkansas. We spend a ton of time there. And one of the first thing I do is whatever little town's little quick mart is you walk them past the electric door opener and they, they're they fucking North yeah. Florida, they're Gandhi, and it sounds I mean, little things. I, I
1: mean, being from Oklahoma, I can tell you, I mean, we have a pointer right now, and I'm going through a similar issue because we're doing a single purpose um, pointer right now. And um, I went through three or four dogs before that that I had uh, a couple of hunts on them already. And getting them, all, I mean, when I would talk to them, because I mean, the language is completely different, because we're all, and people listening to this are going to, there's a common vocabulary, and, you know, we like, all three have a common vocabulary. When I talk to some of these bird dog guys, I'm like, you know, I start talking to them about, well, you know, well, they chase a tennis ball, he's like, "Well, fuck, I don't know." And they're like, "Oh, they're steady to wing." I'm like, "Look, I don't hunt, and I don't want. I don't even know what the fuck ca- that means. I don't care about that shit. Sure. I don't." When I had to look it up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't care about that." Yeah, I wanted okay. him to chase a tennis ball. He's like, "Well, I've never tried." And I'm like, "Well, why not?" And he goes, "Because he wants to chase birds." I'm like, well, "What the fuck?" So and so we went back, and I got like three dogs, and I finally was like, "That's it. We just need to get a puppy." And we did. And he's a cool little German short-haired Pointer, and he loves chasing tennis balls. And I mean, he didn't really, really care about birds, but I've never let him get near them. So yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean. So well, it's, I just had
2: been contacted by a guy two months ago out of Pittsburgh. It was somewhere in Pumphuck, Ohio, like forty minutes out of. That's Pittsburgh That's the entire state. I, I where the it was. <laughs> so he calls me up and he says, "Yeah, I used to sell dogs to some of these big companies, and I know how to raise detection dogs, and I breed X amount of litters of Springer Spaniels, and they're hunting fools." And he said, "I wanted the best of a litter, so I raised a whole litter to keep the best for myself." And my intention is to sell them all those detection dogs. I got 12 out of that litter. I've got four other two-year-olds. I got like 16 sprinters. I'm like, shit, I'm on my way. Well, I didn't mm. go. I made Laura jump on the plane. So she jumps on a plane. She's in Dallas, flies to Pittsburgh, rents a car, drives to this guy's place, tests 16 dogs. And it's, I'm talking to this guy on the phone. And I said, look, dude, this is, I know exactly what you want. I've been doing this for 30 fucking years. Blah, 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 blah. You know how many I bought? Zero. Um, yeah, I, I've heard This just I, happened, have, right? This was yeah, this said? is like
0: two I know months exactly ago. You yeah. I know exactly. Where I, don't know where she is. <laughs> I don't know where it is. But I, I, for those I, I, that
4: can't I, hear, you should see yeah, Eric's face right now. I know exactly. <laughs> can't right. see him. That's
2: where the pregnant lab came
4: from. Oh, yeah.
1: Same, you. Same he place. did.
2: I think he did have two labs she tested. She was like, "Really, dude?" Yeah. And all she's thinking is, you know how much money I just spent to fly, but the demand is so high for Springer's, dude. Yeah. I could if I well, had, if I had five the, Springer's, I could make a phone call right and now. And so. that's
1: the thing that I keep telling people too, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you should be easy." And I'm like, "Well, you don't understand because these dogs are worth more." to hunters. I mean, because the people I got this, this bringer from, uh, they breed 10 litters a year. They own the 2013 to 2014 Italian Retrieving National Champions, and they bought them and brought them to oh, Oklahoma. Man. And they breed in, you know, of 10 litters or 12 litters a year, so you figure 100 to 120 puppies, They ha- uh, and they've been doing it for 10 years, I was the first person they ever sold a dog to that went to law enforcement. That oh, was, I'm sure. And they were like, we don't even know how to. And that's the thing. Like, even though we're all trainers, and that's what I tell people. Like, there's a dude in Arkansas, Freddie King, who's like, you know, Mr. Fucking Retriever and a fantastic trainer. If you watch that dude work, I'm like, that's some impressive shit. And But the streams don't cross, and mm-hmm. we have an issue because, you know, those those dogs are worth more green as, like, a green hunting dog to – you know just your average hunter than they are to us even in bulk and so people it, have
2: no conception of the field trialing world oh yeah in the police dog world yeah these guys I've got friends up in Canada outside of Saskatoon Saskatchewan mm-hmm. and she's a vet Dr. Sue Taylor and actually she's the one who discovered the EIC gene in Labradors and holds the patent on the blood test oh but sure. her, but they raise and trial field trial dogs and every January they load up a trailer they go to someplace in Georgia and all they do is field trial because everything's frozen up there for other ruler tribes. So there's one year she wins the Canadian National Field Trial Championship with a owner-bred, raised, trained, and handled Labrador. Yeah. And she got offered $130,000 wow. for it.
1: There's it, one motherfucker in our industry, Hans Peggy. He sold that dog to China. And that's the only dude. Everyone, nobody's paying that much for fucking police dogs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, the so, fi- there, there's field trial guys. Like, um, my, 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 my vet in Idaho, who I worked with, and... I used to make all my guys, if you're gone for a reason for a dog escaping out of a backyard and getting smacked. So, if you're gone more than 24 hours, dog's in the boarding kennel. Right. At the vet clinic. And there's a big field trial guy that comes, it's in Texas, but it's too hot to field trial in the summer in Texas, so he comes to southwest Idaho because the terrain's a light. So, I've got like four of my dogs boarded there and 12 of these dogs, and he's like, he's calling me up, he said, I didn't get any sleep all week. He says, said, the fucking clinic burns down. My insurance your dogs are worth more than my whole mm. fucking business and my property. You know, I've got yeah. f- I've got four cross trained dual purpose dogs in there. We're looking fifteen grand to replace and this guy's got ten hunting dogs in the twenty thousand dollar range. He's right? like, I got yeah. three hundred thousand dollars of dogs in my kennel. Yeah. When well, we when we interviewed Pat Nolan, Pat um made a living
0: at trial dogs. Yep. Yeah uh, for years for, until for he, until years. he had like five kids. Yep. And yeah. he's like, ah fuck i got to do something else. I can't, I'm like. I didn't know you could. Oh, it's. I didn't know you could oh actually yeah, make a comfortable living. People, oh, yeah. I
2: have several guys up friends that I get dogs from. That's what they do. People pay them to take their dogs, and they drive all year around with dog trailers, then sleeping in the back of them. Putting titles on dogs because yeah. there's people. It's like people collect racehorses. Yeah. they're proud well, to say yeah, I and, own be You know, Field American Grand Field Trial. Yeah, fucking I got a buddy. Out, I got a buddy out in Tennessee Great. that the money's is, unbelievable. Yeah,
1: I mean, I got a buddy out in Tennessee that has a sixty dog kennel and fifty of those dogs. He he, co- well, doesn't co- own like some rich shithead in New York or something owns them, and they come to Tennessee once a year to hunt for ten days, and his entire job is maintaining these dogs. For the other 300 and you know, 55 days a year, and then he takes these rich assholes out and from fucking Wall Street or whatever, and hunts with them. And then he puts their dog back up, and the dog sits in the kennel, and he takes it out every day and does field work and obedience yeah. with it. And yep. That's how he makes his living, and they pay okay. him a monthly fee. Oh, like a couple, pay, uh, couple grand a month. He makes a good time. living I'm doing notes. it. I'm writing I mean, notes. He's a <laughs> good yeah. Well, you, after you, just, you
2: get you delve into that world, you're like, why the fuck am I a cop? <laughs> so you are talking about right? Why am I doing yeah. this right? Why am I doing this For 45,000 a year if, You know if you're lucky Small little rural states I mean Jesus yeah. Christ So you're talking about the
0: good Springers for a little while wasn't Springers like knocked off the list for some of these government contracts they couldn't use them they happened, don't. they then? don't like them for size oh
2: that's it TSA won't take them for bomb dogs when they're searching airplanes because according to their the dog has to be able to touch his nose to the overhead bin while he's standing on an airplane seat oh on the seat yeah okay, okay but that identifies yeah. the but odor fucking falls right, right yeah so why okay. do I have to put his nose up on the thing
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what you were saying, because the tractor trailer. And, and I mean, I've had – you know, I have friends that are rangers that have dogs that when they go to Mass Odor, they go into a room, like, after they they assault – they're doing the uh, target interdiction, Mm -hmm. and they say, hey – you know, the dog goes into the room spins around in a circle and just sits down and they're like, what the fuck? And pull the rug up and there's a hit in the, the floor and there's oh, yeah. like, you know, three tons of explosives in the fucking floor or something. But yeah, so... No, yeah. absolutely. There, it's,
2: you know, they did a class one year and got like no participation from it, and it was at Hits I don't know where the fuck it was, St. Louis maybe. And I thought the thing bombed and then it a drink night and we're, I was like, Fifteen people come, oh dude, that was the greatest class I was like, why did you people say anything? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about
0: maybe they're just processing it. Let's just talk about
2: down. weird behavior. If you see weird behavior on your dog, it fucking means something, dude. Yeah. Right. You don't get this beautiful stuff happening. It's right. like my big thing I teach my guys is I call it the grant I call it the one eighty rule. If you got odor and you can't figure out where it was, turn it uh-huh. yeah, I do fucking exactly. Whether you call it hot wall, cold wall or fucking chimney effect, it's all the same. It's yeah.
0: the same thing with with Patrol dogs in a, patrol, in a hallway.
2: Patrol dogs in a building. Why? Why is, why is
0: he searching the, the wall? We'll fucking turn around
2: because the dude just smoked you from behind. One of the next yeah. I, I tried to do with my guys when I was running patrol dogs with Adlerworth was they had a tunnel underneath the interstate, mm-hmm. the storm drain, yeah. and they'd put you down in there in a bite suit in the dark, and the fucking dogs would come running in, and you're standing from me to you, and they're barking at a blank wall, yeah. and they're slamming their face into and you're like, "Fuck, oh, really?" I'm right here. Yeah. I'm right the yeah. fuck here, and then you reach out and tap them with a stick, and it's fucking. They're game. like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." No, I. <laughs> but, it, oh yeah. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, You've I've seen been, it.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And we and I set those up on purpose oh, yeah. that way. Yeah. And when we do some of those high-risk deployment seminars, and we'll set those up on purpose and for that exact reason. So moving forward from uh, 1983... We, are we still stuck no, in the no, 80s? No. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But I mean, have <laughs> music, believe. Oh, fuck, yeah. Well, me too, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah uh, Slay so, yeah. uh, yeah. metal. Oh, metal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I had to throw a dig in there. <laughs> if it makes you want to drive fast and punch people, I'm all about it. So <laughs> I don't need music to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. So I call it morning. Yeah. How, how has imprinting changed to modern... Because we've all gotten better. That I can tell you. Sure. I mean, even people that I would consider not good now are, you know, from back then. I mean, because you you were still finding drugs and bombs back then, but I think we have gotten more efficient or better. So what has changed? I moved forward. I
2: think the information age. Well, yeah. For huge, there's this... One is seminars like this, two is the internet. I mean, back in those days, everything was an oral tradition. There wasn't no books. Nobody published police dog handbook or how to train dope dogs there wasn't e-books you, you, you had to sit and physically talk to somebody and that's part of the reason like you and I have had a little bit of conversation on right. Facebook about well reality based training like, dude we were doing reality based training right. in California in 90 fucking 2 right. and then I go back east and they called me like Conan the Destroyer because you're correcting their dog put that dog in a fucking prong call oh he's my fluffy he's my baby yeah. you, you know it would be the opposite yeah. oh 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 no <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. yeah and that was
1: the thing and I mean I didn't coin the term scenario or reality no, based training and Eric didn't either we just and we just knew. call it training. And, like, my partner and mentor, Scott, you know, he just calls it training. It's like, just training. It's what just you tra- do. Yeah. It's what and, you do, dude. But, you know, and, and before I knew what was going on or really knew what was going on, I would go to other groups and train, and all of a sudden they're like, What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. You know, this is what we always do. Yeah. I don't know. This is, like, this is a Wednesday. Well, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, why are you it's time not to stand doing around these? and bullshit and not have
2: yeah. to take calls. That's what Wednesday is. Oh, yeah. For well, sure. I'm like, yeah. Why
1: are yeah. you not doing this? So, I mean, so aside from the information. I think that's
2: part of it, and part of the technique. You got the eggheads interested in it now, right? Don't, right you do yeah. used to have scientists around. No. You know, Ken Furton's a great guy. I love Doc Ferton, And you know, some of these others that are here they, you know, Dr. Hare and stuff, they all of a sudden people care. Right. And before it was like, Yeah, you just go do that dog shit, whatever. Right. Now, yeah. now, now everybody's a fucking dog handler. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> More. a <fucking> trainer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I like to ask guys that have been in the business a long time, and we, we asked uh, Kenny about it earlier, is what happened to your business after 9-11? 9/11?
2: No, it was astronomical. Yeah. It's like you were like doing, doing good before, and then it's. I just was doing good, but. Uh, <laughs> every like that wants, day. Uh, like. like that. Every time. Uh, no pun intended, but every time there's a bombing in the world, my phone explodes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kenny made the same pun mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> he it, was like, it, it blew up. I was it, like, it oh, oh it, phrasing. <laughs> that
2: Christmas with the bomber that had the, the explosive device, the, the fake.
1: Right, blew his dick, dick off, blows yeah. dick
2: up, burn, set it on fire didn't blow it up. Right. I had a phone call, hey, I need 10 bomb dogs. I said, nobody, nobody's nobody got 10 trained bomb dogs sitting in a kennel. Are yeah. you kidding yeah, yeah, yeah. me? I'll pay you yeah, 15 yeah. grand piece. I said, dude, I don't have them. Right. Yeah. Nobody has right. them. Right. And so they burn something out and everybody mm-hmm. wants them, and now everybody's suddenly f- floppier dogs that are, are the rage. Is
0: there any of the uh,
2: hunting breeds you've tried and tried and tried that just ain't going to get I them. don't Vizsla's Weimaraners. Yeah, good Lord. I'm yeah. not a fan of GSPs. They either really, really good or they suck really that's bad. That's been my experience. There's, there's no gray. There's thing. there's no gray with the with, right, yeah. with GSPs. So, yeah, that's hybrids. Show me a lab pointer cross all day long. It's money. Yeah. dude, it's money. Interesting. It's it's amazing. Yeah. They're some of the best.
0: Another note. I'm making another note. <laughs> yeah, you're like
1: you hear Eric scribbling over there. <laughs>
0: so on your, uh, we'll get back to imprinting. When you uh-huh. when you're doing your imprinting, are you a single odor guy or you a no, cocktail? I'm guy? a
2: cocktail guy. Yeah, me too. I never used to be. Even back when I was in the early '90s and people were doing it, and guys would come, dude, you need to do this. You know, said, oh, fuck you, you know. I, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm single odor. It's working great. I don't feel the need to change. And then I started going I started selling Kenny dogs and going hanging out and judging the Von Lick Olympics and Kenny's like, dude, you gotta try it. You gotta try it. And I'm like, yeah, oh, Kenny man, I don't know. This shit works. Why should I try it? So one day I'm hanging out, well, what the fuck we got to lose? Let's try it. I'm like, oh Jesus, my learning that dog's learning curve just went through the fucking roof. And I know there's now all the ache and I was just talking about it in my class. I said, I I'm not a scientist. I got no initials after my name, but You know, well, we did this study and it doesn't work. And if you do a cocktail, it doesn't. Dude, I don't care what your science you are. I'm telling you, the shit works. It shit fucking works. It is. It is.
0: (laughs) As long as, and I tell people, the guys who um, who it doesn't work for are the ones you find out never ever separate the odor ever, and their hides are all cocktails, and they they just don't. Yeah. You, if once you right. once I get a dog on an, on the odors, run in the box,
2: they never stay the they, they never the see a poly odor ever again. Right. Run in the, and then, then they go to clean split. The, yes. And you
0: when you split it, you'll see no problems. Nope. Maybe, maybe there's an odor I need to work a little, a little bit, bit, bit extra, but a little bit. But
2: I don't have a no problem. No. And the only real and they talk about well-proofing. well proofing. If you're not proofing your dogs off of strong chemical odors and novelty odors like white out and printer copier mm-hmm. and shoe sharpie pens and yeah. Med, yeah dry erase pens if you're not proving your dog over that shit you're your it's your own damn fault
0: yeah you just all blank boxes, it's on all hot bl- boxes. Yeah. yeah
2: or you talk about people well i list all my distractors in training i don't fucking put down well and that's another
1: so that's one that eric, eric just said something now like so when you're doing the imprinting phase and you've got the cocktail going or even if you've got a single odor for everybody that's listening whatever is it just the single odor or do you have multiple odors going at once
2: no, but if I'm using a protocol lost a little box, I've got a bag of Coke, I got a bag of heroin, I got a bag of meth, and I got a bag of ecstasy. Right. In the box. In the box, okay. yeah. And then once he's doing my four holes, my ten to and, and this is not standard because I can you know, I don't make sure right, right. follow it exactly because you go, Yeah, he's good enough, we can move him forward, we can move him yeah. forward, we gotta move retard back, whatever. And then as soon as we've done with that, we go straight to simple room hides and then there's never I don't put them, I don't do it with explosives because I don't have a large quantity of explosives that I can have cross-contaminated explosives with clean right, explosives. Yeah, I right. can do it. But I imprint on pseudo and I don't. I, okay. I'm, I'm a both guy. Okay. I'm a, do, I'm a both yeah. guy. Whatever works, right? Whatever works. There's a time and a place for it. Um, you know, talking about crazy Dr. David. Right. Mm-hmm. He had asked me when he first started, met him at a seminar, and he said, you try my stuff? And I said, sure, I'll try my stuff. So he sent me a full kit and he said, would you please train, for do an experiment for me, train two dogs completely start to finish on scent logics and then send them to a validation with the department on life and i said okay and i did it and the dogs passed 100 percent and so i believe in it yeah there you go excellent you want to see something different then show me let me show me kind of guy
1: yeah Uh, i mean that's that's cheap yeah that's (laughs) sort of yeah i mean i'm I'm very much the same way i'm like yeah if somebody says something i'm like all right show me let me see what it does and
2: Sometimes it works out. And sometimes well, it doesn't. I, I, I use, so. You know, I, it, you know, I, I'm. i using street level dope. I'm using DEA licensed dope, and you're using scent because you got to get the greatest variety of huh? odor concentrate. Because if you're only using seized dope, who the hell knows if you're training them on fucking cut. Right. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, we're not doing a QA on that shit. Yeah, yeah we didn't test it. So. We don't test it. Am I training right. them yeah. on, on... And that's the thing. When
0: you're training dog uh, uh, heroin from yeah. DEA, it might be six, seven years old. Yeah. Or as street dope, it might be 2%. Two 2%. Percent, two percent. Uh,
2: actual odor. Right. And it's the cut. So, you, yeah. So, um, what am I really training them to find? Right. Yeah. Plus the yeah, bag. Uh, yeah. Ziploc bags. Ziploc bags. Oh, wait. I don't proof off of those either. Oops. <laughs> So guys that train a
0: lot of bomb dogs and dope dogs, are you are using um, the same final response, sit and stare, or are you doing different with the bomb dogs?
2: No, I'm pretty much still a sit and stare, but if the dog doesn't want to do it, I've got no problem. Like this point in lab I was just telling mm-hmm. you about, why <sighs> oh, fight it, dude? He wants yeah, to lock point, up and stare at yeah, yeah, that's
1: the way that pointer I'm doing right now. He refuses to sit, and I'm not going to, and he just, he It's taking me a little bit he, to He freezes sleep, up, sleep. and I mean, just. Well, and I try so. to. You
2: know, so I tell people in the class, right? Because you know, Florida versus Harris, and now we've got everybody on the same page with alert mm-hmm. versus indication, and alert what matters, not indication. So what do I give a fuck what he does? Yeah.
0: Right. So that's taken.
2: Over there. Now, yeah. Now uh, it's, it's exactly. finally made it common across some United States. Those of us have been because, telling people the difference. Right. Now the court told them the. Difference. The court says this is what I want you Listen to. do.
1: Listen to a bunch of fucking lawyers and not actual dog trainers. Go figure. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, 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 the sitting stair is pretty and it looks it's good pretty on me, but you know. it <laughs> don't mean nothing
0: but I, I had a malinois that i trained for an agency in virginia and that dog was stubborn as fuck and he could find dope and he would point i had him sitting and then he just to stop sitting and the handler went home and he's like i don't give a shit and he, the dog is killing dope and he's yeah.
2: just will not move off that stair yeah, he's sh- just a mouth yeah I mean it's like a low height and he lays down but he taught him to sit am I gonna bother to pull him up into a sit yeah. if I can pay him dude
1: yeah uh, I mean, that's the, uh, yeah, and like you said, <laughs> or like Kenny just said a minute ago, like, you know, the, the certifications are about whether the dog knows the odor and if the handler can tell his hell, that's whole, all his ass rattle.
2: That's all it is, dude. Does so, the dog know, does the dog train to find what you taught him to and does the handler recognize that the dog recognizes it? That's fucking it. Yeah. And it's only a capsule of time and space. All the certifier can say is on this day at this time, that's what he yeah, did. Exactly. I can't tell you what he's going to do three fucking months ago. Yeah. Then you talk back and now you're talking patrol stuff where all oh, your longer dogs are trashing people. They can't out. They're stun gunning them. getting gag-sticking them, and here we come. Oh, certification's coming. Yeah. Let's fucking light them up, long line, prong collars, keep them clean, and the rest of the year, fuck it. Yeah. You know, my patrol dog, guys, on a patrol dog night, first thing we did before we did anything else, you're showing me a verbal out, and you're showing me a verbal fucking call-off. End of story. Mm. Every fucking week. Well, and it's repetitions. You, you should be able to do that any place, any time, on demand. That's my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, we... uh But I talk it about, ain't worth much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot about... Um, I tell guys, like, I, I went... I did, worked with an agency that um, had a certification coming up and we were working on some things and they had a couple out, out problem dogs and I said what I'm going to show you, you guys can actually use it in scenarios use it in all kinds of things to keep the dog fresh I said because all that compulsion stuff like fighting dogs I, I was doing that five years ago and I, oh, just, yeah. I just realized I was like fuck this man and the, the handlers are tired of it and everybody's tired of it so we just keep them you know so that the certification day is just a day yeah, it's you just an, it's, it's just another
2: just, training yeah. day, dude. It's yeah. no big deal. And if you're not training way harder than anything you're going to find in a certification, you're.
1: Yeah, your time, that's something. That Eric, you're I'm sure people are sick your of your sick time. of Eric and I saying that, but we say it just about every chance we get. But I mean, if that's like, I mean, it's the lowest common denominator. It yeah. means you can do your job. It doesn't mean you can do it well or even effectively. It Just
2: means you can do it's it. It's just and, another training day, dude. Yeah. You shouldn't be sweating so, it. Nah, it should be a final certification. So, so good. Imprinting right, back to the <laughs> Sorry, I got you off. Topic. No, no, right 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 right. it's kind of a bit funny because I, I mean, I was a patrol dog guy for years, patrol dog judge, and now that I've been focused so much on this, people don't think I know anything about fucking patrol dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was at a seminar with somebody else. I don't know if you know Romeo Ingresso from LA County Sheriff's, mm-hmm. yeah. And we were teaching together and we we're sitting having a beer. and Romeo goes, Why don't these guys use you for patrol dogs? He says, Fuck, I knew you bef- you knew me before I was ever even a patrol dog handler. And, uh, they, the people don't.
1: Because I teach dogs to find stuff now.
2: It's not what I do. Because I got to have my knees replaced at 50. My hands are numb and tingling, and it's an old. It's a young man's game. <laughs> I'm 49 now, so one more year I'll fall completely apart. It, it's, it, it's, it, it's stepping off the edge. You, you go suddenly from oh, I can run. Uh, five miles in 40 minutes and three times a week to fuck I can't even walk up a flight of stairs so if we had to sum
1: up (laughs) like the imprinting process in a couple of like not even necessarily sentences but for everybody listening either that is new to detection or that's not new that you know some of the lessons that I think that or you think that people miss like what would those be what would it be
2: number one it ain't fucking rocket science dude it's not that hard right mm-hmm. you follow your pr- whether you subscribe to drive theory okay, that stim uh, stimulated drive add compulsion satisfy a driver you're going to say provide a stimulus response reward it's all the fucking same right and if you can f- understand the principles your method don't matter pardon me it doesn't matter it's bad <laughs> so, so if you have someone <laughs> so if you see
0: another trainer and um, they're doing the same so you're working protocol boxes for example okay sure w- what are you doing better than them Why aren't they getting the same uh, good, consistent results? Reps. Reps. It's reps. Skipping steps they are? Or,
2: or it's, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't think I'm extraordinarily gifted as a dog trainer. I don't have any special God-given skill. It's just in 38 years of doing it, I've seen a lot of dogs and held the leash fucking a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. And if you read the Malcolm Gladstone's book about, you know, right. 5,000 hours to proficiency, it's true. Right. Yeah. The only way you get good at finding bad guys is finding bad guys. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the... That's the, only way you get, the only way you get good at training dogs is you got to train a lot of dogs. Yeah. Period.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what I tell people, and I joke when I say it, I'm like, i'm not even really that well-rounded of a trainer in fact i'm not even that good i just teach dogs to find shit and bite people and like that's what i'm good at so mm-hmm. i mean and, much,
2: like. and that's like and talking to the other guys you know, that's pretty much where i'm i'm sticking to my lane i'm not branching right. out and swat dogs bite dogs anymore I'm, t- I'm this is it and this is what i do and i'm gonna try to do it to the best i can
0: awesome oh. when was the last time you got bit
2: like oh not in a suit no oh um from a <laughs> mouth. It was te- oh yeah i was teaching a class down in arizona phoenix and they had this little mal and he you know, he's just really wants very really nice it's okay yeah give me the fucking towel let me stem him up and i'm running around like a lunatic waving the towel go in the room fake hide the towel step out the doorway and do the and bam. here he comes i was like oh fuck this is gonna hurt <laughs> <laughs> bam get yeah. arm.
1: You can't tease dogs and bite people and i shocked when they do i love,
2: you. I love you too big guy <laughs> 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 that's hilarious <laughs> you're like oh yeah fucker. you see I'm still you, getting, all getting all bit all you can do is just a little lab still bite yeah, well, I got bit the other day. We have one right I now. Mean, I mean, half these hand scars are from toys out of labs' mouth Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah we, I had a dog that uh, an agency got rid of because they they told the vendor this, this dog doesn't find he's not any good. So they sent me videos. I'm like, I actually think the dog does really well, but is a lab. And he got in the first three days he kept jumping up and biting me on the inside of my bicep, and I was like, I told the vendor, I go, oh. He finds dope. They got rid of him because the handler's a pussy. Yeah, because ca- yeah. he was
2: carrying his toy underneath his armpit, yeah. probably. Yeah. And the dog, and the dog, the dog keeps biting him. And it's his own fault for not giving him five from the fucking sky and saying, yeah. knock that shit off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, I had a video in my class. I know people freak out, but I'm doing boxes. motherfucking dog ain't sitting. He's getting corrected. Yeah. And there's people that flip out over there. Mm, you can't do compulsion while you're doing detection work. Oh, bullshit. You can't. Yeah.
1: You, you, I asked you can oh, yeah, oh, oh you can if it's if, oh, if it's
2: appropriate and it's reasonable <laughs> you, you bet and if he understands what you're telling him to do and he don't do it oh yeah buddy yeah uh, oh yeah sure that's a, yeah, yeah. People I, I, it. I've
1: had that fight before
2: you yeah. work dogs on choke you work detection work on live ring yeah why not I know how to handle a fucking leash dude right <laughs> most don't but <laughs> okay give him slack don't choke him out you know, oh, oh, oh dead ring oh, you don't put on a fucking dead ring Oh now God. we're staking into all other kinds yeah, of pet peeves. Okay. you got a track and a harness. Oh, uh, I have to put the blue collar on to find dope. So when the blue collar's not on, he doesn't find dope? Right. Ooh, and then they vapor lock and their heads explode.
0: <laughs> That's Let's mark this down with an entire episode of this stuff. That's <laughs> Stupidity and canine. Oh, oh, the list is long. Oh, I've been.
3: <laughs> One of the other guys says,
0: when are you going to have me back on for an hour of talking about how stupid people are? I go, oh... It'll happen. It'll be a drinking episode. <laughs> That'll be a, we need a drinking <laughs> episode. Be, and I can tell you
2: plenty of stupid stories that I did, hence the drunken Malinois. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sorry. Well, t- I tell time. guys all the time, I train, dude, you can't do anything stupider than I have never fucking done. Yeah, <laughs> I say that in a row.
1: My handlers yeah. call them Tedisms because I say them all the time. And I'm like, where do you think those come from? They're like, oh, I'm like, from other people before you doing the same stupid same shit over stupid and over shit. again. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they look at me, they're like, oh, okay, I guess that makes
2: sense. I'm yeah, like, there's oh, a, does it? There, there's, a, there's a constant. No, but I, I, I don't know that I do things better than everybody else. I don't. I, I think it's just having seen lots and lots and lots of dogs. I mean, in 12 years, I'm getting ready to push my 1,500 dog out in the field. Wow. oh nice shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so if, if I'm an agency and I want to, I need a bomb dog or a drug dog, how do I get a hold of you? How, how's the process work?
2: Call me, email me, text me.
0: PacificCoastK9.com?
2: Coast letter K, number 9, dot com.
1: Yeah, we'll put those in the show notes. Ken
2: at PacificCoastK9.com. Yeah. Call you up. Letter call me K up, number 9. on the web. There <laughs> you <laughs> go. Facebook page. <laughs> Excellent. There you go. Perfect.
0: Every, everywhere
2: you can find them. There yeah. you go. It should be easy,
0: folks. We'll put those
1: up. Doesn't Anybody out
2: in the there that's us. got potential dogs they need to sell, call me. I'll be there. <laughs> I need dogs. Call me. So let me I need dogs, dude.
0: On that, what what ages do you start at? What are you looking at?
2: I'm having to go younger and younger mm-hmm. down to s- now. I've been taking, if they're showing potential, it's seven, yeah. eight months. I'm ta- I've taken okay. springers as young as four months. I'm by a six-lane road in Salt Lake City and this dude got him tells me it's a cocker spaniel and I'm looking at this picture that's like dude that's a springer yeah. and we're in the grass it's and some a, kind of spaniel in a Burger King parking lot traffic's whizzing by and this dog's showing he's hunting Bushes and this, cars are whizzing. By four months of age, I'm like, yeah, dude, he's mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, sure, well, we, we can handle that. You got to yeah.
2: sit on him and play with them for a long time. And I think yeah. part of it is the prep we put. And I don't mean to run. i sorry if I'm No, wrong, no, wrong. no. You're fine. I, from I from can shut the fuck up. No, um, but I mean, I'm a big believer in sure. kennel work, kennel work, kennel work. No dogs in the house, bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I want me, time with me, to be the greatest fucking thing in his life. And the rest of the time, I want him laying about and thinking me.
0: Yep. There's a si- it's even a science to pet dog training. Same thing. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, we went crate, through a, crate, we went crate, through a crate, phase
2: crate. there in the police dog world. Well, he's got to be in the part of the family. Yeah. And blah, 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 so blah And fake service dogs walking around here. Oh, wait. That's another <laughs> subject. We'll leave that for another time. <laughs> all right. Well, this I love it. This is great. I, I don't get to laugh very often. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could brighten your day. Yeah, I'm just a cold-hearted person. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we've all been accused of that if you yeah. stay in this career field long enough. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right on man
1: well uh we'll put all that stuff in the show notes it's been awesome we both wanted to do this one for a while and well, I'm glad well, it i appreciate here, it, I was, Skype, it was better, I was a so. little
2: overwhelmed today I probably close to 300 people in the classroom like why are you people here i'd listen to me I ain't fucking <laughs> that, i'm ain't i just a guy that trains fucking dogs <laughs> yeah but they've been
0: looking forward to it so.
1: <laughs> well i appreciate it it's been a yeah, pleasure yeah. right on man Thanks. thank you very much Thanks, I appreciate bud. it Ken. thank have you have a
2: cocktail tonight
1: oh yeah i'm gonna have a few It's no secret that Eric and I are both professional trainers, meaning that we go through a lot of toys, teaching dogs to find drugs, bombs, bugs, whatever. The problem always is durability or safety. When we get a dog that's a super hard biter and a chewer, we got to go with a harder toy, which tears up their teeth, or we get a dog that goes with a softer toy, and we always have an issue with durability or safety, having them chew it up and swallow it. I think a good solution to that is check out the guys from USA-K9.com. USA K9 uses a natural rubber, which is much safer and environmentally friendly. Plus, they're also USA made and they're restringable, which is a huge deal for me since we use Dutch boxes. For every purchase you guys make using the discount code K9PRO, that's the letter K, the number 9, P-R-O, they're going to donate 10% of that sale so that we can give away some toys to deployed MWD teams across the world. Hit them up, usa k 9 Dot .com use the discount code the letter k the number 9 p r o that's k9pro Working Dog Radio is edited and co-produced by Dustin Wright at Bracket Designs. Be sure to hit him up at BracketDesigns.com for any branding or content-related work you have. We were graciously granted permission to use this rad music by Brother Deeg. Go buy him a beer at BrotherDeeg, spelled D-E-G-E, dot blogspot, dot com, spelled D-E-G-E, or hit him up on iTunes, Amazon, CD Baby, or any other music streaming stores. Check the show notes for links to both of these creative geniuses.